additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals. This morning, our guest is Thea Kelly, an expert on interviewing who will enlighten us on how to prepare for and succeed in a job interview. If you're interviewing for jobs but not getting offers or want to be ready when you are invited for an interview, you are listening to The Right Podcast. Thea, it is a real honor to have you on our show. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be on your show for the first time. Oh, we're so glad to have you. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind, share with our listeners a little bit about your personal career. Okay. Uh, I started Thea Kelly Career Services in 2008, and before that, I had a long career in that was all, I did various things, but they all revolved around communication. So either I was editing books, or I was coaching people, or I was uh, developing and delivering trainings, or writing manuals, things like that. And in 2007, uh, I was a curriculum developer with a real estate related company. And that was when real estate went kaboom and the recession started. And so I was let go. I was laid off. And I went through what a lot of people are going through right now, which is a period of job search, but also of reassessing and uh, wondering is, do I really want to get these jobs that I'm looking at in the postings or do I want to do something else? And I concluded that I wanted to work directly with people one-on-one on something that was really important to them. And so I founded Thea Kelly Career Services. And since that time, I've been working with people all over the U.S. uh, in all different occupations and at levels from recent graduate to executive. And uh, I love it. And I wrote a book and published a book in 2017 called Get That Job, The Quick and Complete Guide to a Winning Interview, which has been an Amazon bestseller. And a lot of people find it very helpful. Well, fantastic. why don't you tell us a little bit about the clients or that you work with in terms of interviewing? What kinds of challenges are they facing? Mm-hmm. Um, a very common challenge these, well, always has been uh, rambling versus being focused. And when you say focused, then the next thing is focused on what? Well, you want to be focused on the particular question that you're answering at the moment. But you also need to focus the whole interview and focus the interviewer's attention on the things about you that are most likely to get you the job. Uh, And so uh, I know I'm I'm anticipating your next question, Lorraine. I I think that you're going to ask me about core messages because we were talking about that earlier. I'm going to ask about um, core messaging, but I really want to reinforce the fact that 
you encourage clients to be prepared. It's not yes. just that I'm going to go yes. in and wing it. Right. And love me. And it's, right. you know, it's just a conversation. It really isn't just a casual stop by our conversation. No. It's and even when it seems like one, and I know the best interviews, people come away and my clients say, it was, it was not like an interview. It's just a conversation. And I'm thinking, great. You had a great interview. And I'm still glad that you were well prepared because I think you probably communicated a lot better than if you hadn't been. So uh, yeah, being very well prepared is super important. So rambling is, is you're not going to ramble and wander if you know exactly what you need to say in answering each question. So it's the preparation that stops that. Another challenge people are facing is being uncomfortable with video interviews. And we're going to talk about that today. Some very specific tips on that. Um, other common things, nervousness, of course, not being confident. And that's another one where, yeah, being prepared in general, but especially being prepared and really knowing what you have to offer and, uh, being ready to really clearly make your case because then, you know, you go in there thinking, you know, you're going to want me because A, B, and C, and, and it's going to make you feel a lot better in the interview. So we're really going to drill in on some of those things, but I think yeah. I just want to get our listeners in the mindset that you can go in and have a great conversation with somebody and feel really good and walk away and they have absolutely no idea why you're qualified for the job. And they go, gee, nice guy, nice gal, really enjoyed working with them um, and never even think about the idea of offering you the job. So that is right. why we have Thea on here today is to say, yes, you want to have a great conversation, but it needs to be a conversation with a purpose. And so we are just really going to tap into Thea's expertise in this. So what I'd like you to do is just talk about the pre-interview preparation, the core message. You have a strategy that I just love. So I'm just going to go for it. And then I'm going to remind you what, what maybe we need to know that you've forgotten. Great. Perfect. So you need to know going into the interview what your core messages are, because otherwise you're being totally reactive. You're just waiting for them to ask questions and then answering them, but you don't really have an overall story message. And when I say core messages, what I mean are basically three things. Um, one is your stories and having the right stories and enough of them and telling them right. And you're, that's familiar, right? You've heard, you've heard that. You need a great introduction, a great answer to tell me about yourself. You've heard about that. We'll talk a little more about how to do it. Uh, but the third thing is something that most people are not really thinking enough about, if at all. And that is, what are your, what are the top things that are going to make you stand out? Because you know there's competition, right? And there may be five or six other people that they're interviewing. And all those people have the basic qualifications, so what is it about you that stands out? And I call that your key selling points. Um, I also call them REV points, and that's an acronym I'm going to express to you. Um, but let me give an example of what some key selling points might sound like. So let's say I have a client who is a sales manager, and her key selling points might be, you know, maybe we talk a while, we identify these things and realize, okay, one of them's obvious. She has a good track record, right? She's, she's hit the numbers with her sales. Um, she's even won some awards. Great. Uh, then we discover that another thing that's great about her that stands out is that she can adapt to change very, very well. 
and uh, she anticipates change. She sees it coming and she works cross-functionally with other people in her organization to, um, to respond to change before it even happens and prepare for it to trends and so on. And the third thing uh, might be that she's a very quick learner and she's got a history of jumping into a new organization and quickly learning what they do, learning their products really well and boom, starting to deliver results. So this is just an example of what key selling points might be. And your key selling points are gonna work best if they have three things, if they are relevant, exceptional, and verifiable. So that's why I call them rev points. R for relevant, E for exceptional, V for verifiable. So um, what that means relevant, first of all, uh, you want your key selling points to be the things that the employers are especially looking for. Not just something that's nice to have, but something that they really want. And you find that out from looking at the job postings and seeing what they're asking for there, especially those things they say a lot about or that are mentioned first in the posting. Um, so uh, if there's something that's super important to employers and you also have something exceptional to offer in that area, then that's beginning to be a good selling point. The third thing though, is that it has to be, you have to have some kind of evidence for it. You have to be able to convince them it can't be just your opinion. So. Uh, if your key selling point is something about your track record, well, that's pretty factual and you're going to be able to answer specific questions about it and tell stories about it. And so that's verifiable. Sometimes it's harder to verify soft skills, such as if one of your best selling points is that you know you're really exceptional in communicating. Um, you can say that in the interview, I have great communication skills, but that means nothing because anybody can say that and lots of people do. Maybe even most job seekers say that about themselves. So how can you verify? How can you prove something like that? Uh, some examples might be if you have been repeatedly sought out to be the communicator, to be the person to coach or to be the person to put on a training um, or to be the person to write the documentation. Another thing is, uh, if you have stories to tell about there was this problem and here's how I communicated very effectively and resolved the problem. And another way that people especially don't think about enough, I think is LinkedIn recommendations. If you have a key selling point or one that would be a key selling point, if you just had evidence for it, having some people on LinkedIn say, um, loved working with this person and they are above all a great communicator. That's evidence. The employer may see it when they check you out uh, before scheduling the interview. And you can also even refer to it in the interview. You can say, I think one of my greatest strengths is that I'm a strong communicator. And you may have noticed on my LinkedIn profile that Mary Jones said that I was a great communicator. So that gives you a certain um, level of proof for that. So that's the rev points or the key selling points. Yeah, Lorraine. Well, and I just want to reemphasize that the first step in getting ready for the res the interview is not saying um, what questions are they going to ask me. It is really taking that time to focus on what you're going to bring to the job. Yeah. Want to reinforce, I think a great tip is the first place to start is the job description. See what yeah. they're looking for to help you, to help you right. think. 
Make sure you understand every word of it. Look up anything you don't understand. We are going to move into to questions and preparing for questions. But I think that what you're sharing is so important. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about how to get in touch with? The, and the reason I'm thinking is sometimes if people are, especially if they've been laid off, they're not feeling very good about themselves. And it's hard to say what value they have. So do you have any tips for people who might be going, oh, I'm not sure I really have anything special to share? Yes. Um, I have written a free report about that called How to Stand Out and Win in Interviews. I think this is the title of it. And you can get it by subscribing to my blog, which is called greatjobsooner.com. Greatjobsooner.com. And you get, can get a couple other nice free gifts too. There's a negotiation meeting template that, that sort of walks you through how to negotiate for your salary. There's also an infographic uh, showing how to make a follow-up call to the manager after sending your resume and what to say and what if they say this and what if they say that. So subscribe to greatjobsooner.com and read that free report on how to stand out because that'll tell you how to identify your key selling points. And it's partly a matter of asking yourself questions like, um, do I have some kind of expertise or knowledge that's hard to find? What am I best at? What have I been appreciated for? And there's like 11 different questions, at least uh, in that free report that you can get at greatjobsooner.com. Um, so the other core messages I was talking about, and this kind of moves on to interview questions in that uh, the second piece of it is, how do you emphasize these things? Okay, now I know what my, what my rev points are. How do I make sure that those really are clearly expressed in the interview? Well, one way you emphasize something is by putting it first. And often the first question in an interview is something like, tell me about yourself, or would you introduce yourself, or walk us through your background? And people are, are uncomfortable with that question because it's so broad. It's like, what do I do with it? The great news is do what you most want to do with it, which is talk about the very best things that are most likely to get you the job, your rev points. So um, I mentioned this sales manager example and what her key selling points are. And I'm actually going to read from my book uh, what her uh, answer would be to tell me about yourself. Uh, so she would say, uh, whew. Okay, yes. Um, ba based on your job announcement and my phone screening with so-and-so, it's clear that the person in this role needs to hit the ground running and deliver results fast. That's what I've been able to do at top tier technology. I did this, blah, 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 little more details. As a manager and earlier as a rep, I've consistently been well over goal, as you may have noticed from the awards on my resume. It's another rep point, blah, blah, blah. Uh, another need that was mentioned in the announcement uh, and something that's a specialty and a passion of mine is to anticipate and capitalize on change. At Strong Solutions, I saw how the new wearable technologies were creating opportunities for us and I worked with marketing and product to maximize those. Would you like to hear more about anything I've said so far? So you can just simply take your rev points and find a way to move through them with transitions, you know, that make it kind of smooth. And then end with a question asking if they need any more information. And I cut out a couple things so it wouldn't be too much of me sitting here reading. But it was a short answer anyway. It would only be about a minute long. And it's, it's such a great summary of what's most important 
that I find again and again, my clients come back from the interview and said they really liked my tell me about yourself answer for the first time. They've never responded so well to it because you're helping them out. You're showing them exactly what to focus on. And they're like, aha, you know, I didn't need to hear you walk me through all the way from your job at Carl's Jr. when you were 20. So, and then the third thing about um, core, what was I saying? Core messages mm -hmm. is the stories. And um, I don't know if we'll go into detail about that to a huge amount, but uh, you know you need to talk about a problem, the actions you took and the results. Uh, and what I find most often people leave out is the results. And I've actually even created this when, I, when I'm with a client and they're telling me their story and there's not enough about results, I'll go like this to remind them, tell me more about what the beautiful impact was of what you did and give me some metrics if you can and tell me who said what about it and how they're still using your process years later. Anything like that that you can add. The other thing about stories is I find people don't have enough of them. People often have five or six good stories. And uh, if you're gonna go through a whole series of interviews, you don't wanna be telling the same story over and over again, because the interviewers will compare notes and they will discover that you're saying the same stories over and over again, which makes them feel like those are the only accomplishments you have. So you wanna have ideally at least a dozen, maybe more. Um, and there are some ways to come up with lots of them. Um, looking at a lot of behavioral interview questions is one. Looking through those job postings and asking yourself, okay, what stories do I have about this, 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 and this? That's another one. There are a couple more, but um, so I think I've kind of covered my core messages thing. Lorraine, do you, is you there have anything I left out? And I, I really want to reinforce what you said about that introduction. I just love the way you shaped it you um the client just right up front tied the organization's needs to what they they brought and then they asked that wonderful question can i give you you know provide you with more information and i what i really like is what you're doing is you are actually the person being interviewed is setting up the parameters of the interview they're saying these are the things you can ask me about. And then yes. when they ask about, it just reinforces it, enforces right. what an amazing um, candidate they are. So right. we're going to take a really quick break. Hang in there with us. We're going to come back and we're just going to keep asking Thea more and more questions about how to prepare for that very special interview. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. We've been spending some wonderful time with Thea Kelly, an expert on preparing for interviews. And just before we took the break, she um, shared some strategies for one of what I find the most dreaded questions. People go, oh, I, I hate answering that question. So therefore, we're going to put her on this spot and have her share with us. And that is the tell me about yourself. Um, do you want to just hit some of those highlights that you mentioned before the break? Yeah, super briefly. Uh, tell me about yourself is often the first question. Uh, other versions of it might be walk us through your background, what's your story, why should we hire you? These are all the same question, really. And it's a great opportunity to emphasize the most important things, rather um, your key selling points, the things about you that are most likely to make you stand out as the person to hire. So first, you want to identify what those things are. And I talked about how you can do that. And at the end, we'll mention again how you can get some help with that. And then you want to base your answer on that. And you're going to get things off to a great start. You're really prioritizing the interview and focusing the interviewer's mind where you want it. During the break, Thea and I were talking a little bit about the person interviewing really does have a lot of control over the, the interview. So if you're preparing for an interview and you think you're just going in and you're going to be bombarded and you have no control of the situation, keep listening because the information that you present to the interviewer is what they will ask questions. So you have a lot of control on the conversation. Mm -hmm. But I did promise before the break that we would go into some of the other most common questions. So um, Thea, do you want to share maybe the most dreaded questions that oh. you prepare? Sure. We're going to start right with questions. the most difficult ones. Yeah. Let's start with sure. the hard stuff and then get easy. Uh, okay. So the questions about weaknesses, failures, and mistakes are some of the most difficult. Um, and you can't just slough them off with something phony like, uh, I work too hard. Um, because what they're trying to find out they're not, just, they're not so much examining you to find out what your worst faults are. They want to see what's your relationship to your imperfectness. And um, are you willing to, are you interested in continually growing? And are you transparent about where you need to grow? And are you comfortable um, talking, for instance, with your manager about how you need to grow? Are you going to take feedback well is what above all they're looking for there. So you do want to be authentic about that while still being strategic. And this is kind of my motto in interviewing. You want to be authentic and strategic at all times. This is like the yin and yang that makes for a good interview. So um, 
for, so the good way to start out with the, the weakness question is ask yourself, if I were to just tell my best friend, honestly, what my weakness is at work, what would that be? And then see if you can polish that up. See if that will maybe not sound so bad. Um, for instance, if you tend not to delegate enough, you're a manager and you tend to want to keep projects close to you and not delegate enough. First of all, ask yourself, am I getting better at that? Am I seriously working on that? Because if you're not getting better or on it or working on it, it's not the right weakness to mention. Uh, but if you are, you might say, well, maybe I was a lot worse at this two years ago. I've gotten a lot better since then. So you could give an answer like, um, I have really come a long way in terms of delegating work. And I've always been good at looking for projects to give people that are meaty and that will help them develop. Uh, but sometimes if I have a project I'm very worried about, I would keep it close. Uh, but I think it was the result of a management seminar I took last year that really stuck with me. And I've been a lot better about that since. And I still need to keep an eye on that, but I'm getting better at it. That is great. You were honest about, you know, what your weakness was. You talked about how you were going to change it. And what I really like that you said is you questioned yourself, is that something you're really working on? Because if you're not, don't bring it up because when the follow-up questions come about how are you working on that, you don't have anything to say. Yeah. And I'd like to be better at that. Just sounds pretty weak because yeah. then why aren't you doing something? Um, and you'll notice one thing that I did was I, I didn't start right out with, well, I'm bad at it or I'm not. I started out with some positive. I, I think I said something like, um, over the last couple of years, I've really gotten better at. So, so sandwich any negative you need to mention in an interview between positives. And then uh, my ending positive wasn't real strong because I had already said I'm getting better at it. So I had to kind of repeat that. I would want to work out a better ending positive to put at the end. So it's kind just, of a simple, yeah. No, I just want to reinforce what you're saying. Work it out in advance. Don't wing it, especially this one, because especially this one. you will go into a true confessions. Well, I did this wrong and this wrong oh, and this wrong and this yeah. wrong. And even though they say weaknesses, we do one, right? Make them tear one out of you at a time. Yeah, generally so. But have a couple more ready just in case, but they probably won't go to the step of tearing more out of you. But that reminds me of another rule of mine, which is never volunteer a negative. If they've asked you about weaknesses or failures, go ahead. But like, let's say they ask you about a time when you handled a difficult situation. Don't tell them one where you made a big mistake or something because they haven't asked you about a mistake you made. Don't volunteer the negative. So let's say uh, those other questions, mistake or a failure. Um, again, don't pick a big, horrible, deadly one that's going to change their mind about you. But don't pick a real trivial one either. That sounds evasive. Pick a good, you know, substantial. Um, but realize it doesn't... When they say a mistake, it really could be something you did that was good, but could have been fantastic. So it might be, um, I have a lot of experience putting on events, and I love doing it. And the uh, annual fundraising gala that I set up uh, hit its target of raising $50,000 for the nonprofit I worked for. And some of the ways we did that were X and Y and Z. However, looking back at it, I really think if we had handled the, uh, the Facebook part of it better, that we really could have probably raised 70000 instead. And so I really learned from that to be sure and use all your social media optimally. 
So what I did there is, uh, again, I surrounded it with positives. And one of the positives was, here's what I learned from it. And that's really important because a question about failures or weaknesses, one thing they're trying to find is, do you learn from your mistakes? And do you think they're also asking, are you resilient? In other words, yes, yes, especially now. Yes. And so you notice I told it all in a sort of a confident and pleasant tone of voice. Uh, and by doing that, I show that I am not freaked out and still kicking myself over that. I, I learned from it. I moved on. And so how can you control your tone of voice? You know, there's an inner game of interviewing. And I don't know if anybody listening is, has ever read that old book about tennis, the inner game of tennis. But it, it, there's a sort of a zen. There's a sort of a, a psychological component to success in anything. And so when you're preparing a, these negative sort of questions, you may need to do a little self-therapy or self-coaching about it or talk to a friend about it or stop and go, what do I need to say to myself to feel confident and good about this? So maybe what, you, what this person with the fundraising gala example needs to say to themselves before they got so confident in their answer, they needed to say to themselves, um, I really, I'm continually learning. We all live and learn. I attained my goal. My boss was happy with that. You know, just find the positives that will make you feel okay about what you need to say. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, talk to a good friend or counselor as well if something is really heavy, like, you know, you were fired and you need to talk about that. I think that's a very good point because we often sabotage ourselves during interview by focusing on the negative rather than saying, wow, I am where I am in my career because I made mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. um, but I like your advice of, you know, if you just can't get into that mode, talk to somebody else about it. Yeah. yeah. That is great, great advice. Let's keep working through, um, you know, we did a pretty good job on that, those negative, be positive, you know, you learn something from that experience. But there are a lot of other kinds types of questions. You want to address some of those? Sure. Some of the most common ones. For instance, yeah. why are you interested in this job or why do you want to work with this company? Mm -hmm. And it's not a terribly hard question, but uh, you can, it's pretty easy to answer it in a good way, but let's take good to great. Uh, you do want to research the company. You want to um, look at their um, investor relations report and search for those online, their annual report, things like that. Uh, just also Google the company, see what news is out there, see what's been written about them in the press. Google the name of the company plus the word trends, see what that gets you. And, um, and that's going to help you give a really intelligent answer. Like, I like where this company is going in terms of this new division they started or, or um, things like that. Your answer should definitely focus on um, things that are inherent about the company that are about the work you're going to be doing for them, not about the easy commute, not about the good pay. Those are definitely not things to bring up. Why? Because research actually shows that employees who inherently love the work they're doing are going to do a much better job than employees who are just there because the pay is good. Pay doesn't really motivate a person too well from day to day. Liking the work, liking the culture of the company, these are things that keep somebody engaged and doing well. Uh, so th that's the kind of answer you want to give. Once in a while, why do you want this job is the first question in the interview. 
in which case you still want to get your key selling point answer in there. So here's what you do. You just first answer the question of why you want this job. And then you say, and of course, I want the job because it's such a great fit for my skills and my background. And then you go ahead and give your tell me about yourself answer. So that's kind of an example where you're combining two answers. You tell me about yourself answer and you why you want this job answer. Because you're combining them both, make them both pretty short so that it won't go over a minute or so. I want to reinforce how valuable that information is because sometimes when people get caught off guard on why do you want this job, they think about that personal, well, I need a job. I just got laid off. It's a better salary. I don't have to, you know, and, you know, even though that's true, it's not what the employer wants to hear. They want right. to really hear about why you want to spend, you know, eight hours a day with them. So Right. Because a lot of their question really is about how motivated are you going to be? How engaged are you going to be from moment to moment? That's what they're trying to find out with that one. And let's just for a minute talk about that coming across motivated. Mm -hmm. um, I know we're kind of mixing a lot of things in, but how do you advise clients to, uh, to be motivated? Because sometimes you get to that interview and you're just terrified. And all you can think about is how fast can I get out of here? And that is not, <laughs> that is not the impression you want to give. So how do you help your clients stay motivated and stay engaged? In an interview. In yeah, particular. In an interview. yeah. I think what's coming, what's going against being motivated there is all the stress and the tension that you're feeling and uh, the confidence that you don't have yet. Um, and I am a big believer in using your imagination to imagine yourself going into that interview, relaxed, confident, easily remembering what you need to say, making a good personal interpersonal connection with the interviewer. Um, and the way and, and how that benefits you is when you vividly imagine that that's how it's going and you like do a mind movie of this interview going really well, you're setting yourself up to simply get on that conveyor belt of, of having it happen that way. And it's called mental practice. And this is something that is used extensively by uh, professional athletes and performers of all sorts. And so I highly recommend it. Just um, while you're in job search, every time you, every day or so, sit down and close your eyes and spend a minute or two vividly imagining things going really well, what it will look like, what it will sound like, what it will feel like. And you may not initially feel like this is doing anything, although you may, you may already feel a little more relaxed the moment you start doing it. But when you go to the interview, you're going to come back and you're going to go, why was that interview so relatively relaxed? And why was I so confident? So try it. Experiment with that. Even if it seems a little crazy, experiment with it. Well, I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it is. You, you've walked through it in your mind. So when you show up for the actual interview, they, your mind goes, oh, I've already done this. It's okay. Yeah. It's and I've done it in a relaxed and confident way. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. that's how you're going to remember it. Yeah. I know I got you signed sidetracked, but I, I, I just love that insight. Let's go back to um, questions. What other kinds of questions do your clients find challenging that you help them prepare for? Okay. Um, tell me about a time when you handled a conflict in the workplace or one. what's your approach to conflict? Give me an example. And a lot of times what happens is the person can't think of a conflict. And I know to some of you, you're thinking, my gosh, I've got conflict stories. But uh, if you can't think of any, redefine a little bit. 
reframe a little bit what conflict means. It doesn't have to mean a time when two people really head to head, you know, uh, aggressively having a problem with each other. It could just be a disagreement or, um, or maybe a procedure that needed to happen. And there were some people who were just kind of resisting it and doing it a different way. Those are conflicts. Um, it, yeah. Okay. I'll stop with those examples and not try to find more and more and more. Um, then a lot of times people don't say enough about the process of how they dealt with a conflict. Almost everybody says, uh, well, there was a conflict between two people in my office and um, maybe they're the manager talking and they say, well, I, I took them aside and talked to them and found out what the problem was and resolved it. Well, that's so vague that anybody could just say that. It, it, they almost wonder if this is a true story because there's so little detail to it. So, um, Say a little bit more. Don't identify the people. Don't give their names. You, um, you don't even need to say what their job title was or at what company this happened. But you might just say there was one employee who um, uh, needed information from this other employee and, and the second employee uh, didn't want to share it because he felt that it, you know, it was power and he wanted to cling on to it. So first I took them aside one at a time and I spoke to the one who um, was kind of clinging to his information and asked him about, uh, so you know, go into some detail about it and um, notice any soft skills you were doing. Um, you know, you could take some people aside and talk to them about their problem and make it even worse, couldn't you? But so if that's not what happened and it didn't get worse, what is it about the way you did it? Did you maybe show empathy and say, oh, I understand. I would feel the same way. What, what did you do that like made it all get better? So um, another thing, sometimes people will pick a conflict example that is too painful to remember and that they're going to have a hard time talking about in a calm and dispassionate way. And it's not just a matter of one that might make you want to cry or something, but um, also, you don't want to pick one where you're irritated at some of the people in it and you're going to say it like this. Uh, and then another thing that's very important is be very factual. Don't say this person was really difficult and um, really, uh, really hard to deal with and was just really annoying. Those are all judgments. Instead of judgments, say this person had a habit of walking up to people's desks and saying, I need your help with this without any small talk or appreciation to go with it. See there, I'm talking facts. So here's what was actually observed. And that'll make you come across much better. It'll make you come across as objective and fair. So focus on the facts, not your judgments about it when you talk about conflict stories. And I just want to reinforce something you said that answering that, tell me about conflicts, oh, I get along with everybody is, is not the right answer because everybody has to deal with conflict of some type in, in the work setting. And I really like the way that you talked about choose something that you can, you know, speak about um, in detail, but not so that it's so emotionally painful that you get, get into the emotion. So that right. is um, for my listeners. I don't think I have talked to anybody who hasn't been asked a question like that during an interview lately, because conflict just happens in the workplace. Yeah, it could even just be a situation where you had one idea about how something should be done and somebody else had another idea and how you debated the, the merits of the different ideas. Absolutely. Okay. 
Let's keep digging. Next other question. Next question that your clients find hard to answer. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if this is hard to answer, but when they ask you about your current job, tell me about your current job. What does a day on that job look like? What do you do? Um, don't just start rattling it off, you know, as if, as if you were just asked to fill out a form. Um, keep in mind what's most relevant to that employer about the way you do your job. Focus on the, the skills that are most like what they're going to be doing there. Focus on the measurable accomplishments. So that's kind of obvious. I don't think we need to belabor that too much. But I think it's good to, to think it through. The other question is, why are you leaving your job? How do you yes. have folks handle that? Yeah. The best way to handle this is to not focus on why you want to leave, but to focus on what you are looking to go to. So let's say you're leaving. And also, there may be more than one reason you're leaving your job. So maybe you're leaving your job because you don't get along well with your boss, um, but also because um, you don't get enough interaction directly with customers in your job. So first of all, pick the customers aspect of it. And so you don't want to say, you know, I, I want to get out of my job because I don't ever get to do anything with customers. Don't go negative. But instead, I'm really looking for an opportunity right now uh, to work with customers more. In fact, following my rule about starting with the positive, um, I've, I have a lot of experience in my, in my past. Ex I have a lot of experience in my career dealing directly with customers. And that's the part of my jobs that I've most liked. My current role has a lot of positive things about it. Uh, there are some technical aspects of it that, that have really built my skills. But I really do want to be working directly with the customers. And the role that we're talking about right now in this interview uh, would get, be a wonderful opportunity for me to do that. And what I love about that answer, it's positive. And I think that yeah. we can't emphasize enough that you want the, the impression that you create is that you're a positive, upbeat, contributing um, right. member of yeah. the team. And the, positive, the positivity is the strategy. And I remember I said strategic and authentic. On the other hand, you don't want to be a total Pollyanna. Uh, you you want to be honest about what about the positive things you have to say. Be specific about them. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's that one. Um, another difficult one. Uh, sometimes people have a hard time talking about where they see themselves in five years or what their long-term career goals are. So first, let's look at what is the employer looking for. They want to hire somebody with a combination of uh, some ambition and a desire to grow because people who want to go somewhere in their work generally are, throw themselves into it more than people who are just there for the paycheck. Um, and at the same time, they want realism. They don't want somebody who is going to be itching to get their job or who's going to be super impatient. And if they're not promoted in a year, they're out of there. So a realistic amount of ambition. Um, and also some flexibility. So one tip is, even if they say, where do you see yourself in five years? Don't start your answer with, in five years, I see myself. Because you don't want to give the impression that you have this tight deadline about it. So instead, you'd say, uh, over the coming years, I see myself expanding my knowledge of this or that and growing and get uh, learning to manage larger teams. And um, in time, I would like to take on more responsibility. And if that looks like managing a larger team and moving up the ladder here, that would be great. But the most important thing is that I'm growing and that I am always challenging myself. 
Fantastic. Very, very positive response. We're going to take another very short break, but when we come back, we're going to ask Thea the dreaded salary question. So we're going to let her have this break to put her thoughts together. Stay with us. Come right back and find out how to answer that question. What kind of a salary do you expect? You bet. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. Right before the break, we told Thea we were going to ask her the dreaded salary question. Um, yes. And there's two ways of approaching that is to not think about it, which is not a good approach. And the other <laughs> is to have absolutely no idea how to answer, answer it. So we're going to tap into Thea's expert yes. um, experience. So the question is, you know, what kind of a salary are you looking for? What are you expecting? You take it from there. Right. There are different ways. There are actually more than one good way to do this, but I want to give you the way that I think is the best way for the largest number of people, and it's pretty safe. And that is that you start out, so they say, what are your salary expectations? What are you looking for? And you say, can you tell me the range you have budgeted for the position? And they're very likely going to tell you the range. In certain states, they legally have to. By the way, if you know they legally have to, and yet they don't, don't call them out on it. That's going to ruin your rapport. Advice. Okay. So now if they say, well, the range is blank to blank, then you say, well, that sounds like a reasonable ballpark. And I'm sure that once we agree that this is a fit, we'll be able to agree on a compensation package that's fair. On the other hand, if they say, well, we don't really have a range worked out. And anyway, what I really want to know is what you're looking for. Then you say, well, I've done some research and what I'm seeing out there for positions like this is anywhere from blank to blank and give a fairly wide range that you could actually back up with, with facts if they ask you, where did you see that? And remember what you're, notice the words, I'm seeing out there is this, 
And I'm sure that once we agree this is a fit, we'll be able to agree on a compensation package that's fair. So you notice I still didn't say I would accept something between blank and blank. I merely said, that's what I'm seeing and I'm sure we'll be able to agree on something. So you haven't ruined your negotiating position by, uh, by marrying yourself to a figure and the, or even a range. The reason you don't wanna do that is you may be wrong. You may state a figure that is too low and makes them think, wow, this person doesn't have confidence in themselves. Maybe they're not as highly skilled as we thought or one that's too high and they're thinking, well, we can't afford them. We're not gonna be able to keep them happy. You've also um, not committed yourself to something that they're then gonna just give you that when, like maybe you commit yourself to, um, well, I would do it for 95 or between 90 and 100. Well, maybe they were planning on offering something between 90 and 120. And so if you hadn't committed to 90 and 100, they are then open and you may be able to get more. And don't be scared off by those figures if you actually are making way more or way less. Uh, it's the same principle, no matter where you're going. You, know, you wanna not give a specific figure, but say just enough to show them that you are realistic about what to expect and that you're not gonna be a problem. I wanna reinforce something you said based on research, do your research so that you really have some numbers. And yeah. the same thing as Thea has been saying, practice, practice, practice. So the first time that you say those numbers are not during the interview and you kind of stumble over them. Yes, this is, you have to practice this answer more than almost any other because people always get nervous talking about money. And I don't usually advise people to memorize an answer and, and say it word for word, but this is maybe one where you almost might wanna do that. And for those of you who are scribbling, trying to write down exactly what I said, you don't have to, because if you Google later afterwards, um, Thea Kelly salary question, you'll find that I have posted on my blog an article about this with a nice little flow chart showing exactly what you say if they say this and if you say that. Um, so Thea Kelly, you do have to spell my last name K-E-L-L-E-Y or else you're gonna just get a lot of stuff about Kelly um, temporary services. Thea Kelly salary question. And then you'll see a little infographic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. It gets usually to a point in, in an interview where the interviewer says, do you have any questions for us? And yeah. sometimes people go, oh, no, 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 because they just want to get out as fast <laughs> as possible. Yeah. I, I can tell from the smile on your face, that's definitely not what you recommend. Oh. So what kind of questions do you think people should ask and what questions shouldn't they ask? I will definitely, uh, we'll go into that. And let me first say how many questions you need to have ready. Okay, good. Because sometimes people only have three or four questions ready. And by the end of the interviewer, by the end of the interview, the interviewer has already answered them just by talking a lot. So you want to have more questions than you think you'll actually have time to ask, like maybe 10 or more and list them in priority order. And you actually can, you know, open up your notebook at that point and say, I, I've written down some questions because I, I wanted to be sure I remembered them. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, don't try to ask them all, but, you know, notice with your spider senses, whether they're getting impatient and then say something like, um, so those are all the questions I really needed to ask today. I can find out more later. Okay, so uh, what questions to ask and what questions not to ask. Not to ask is, uh, is quicker. Simply, it is not the time to ask about pay or benefits or anything else that it has to do with the conditions of working conditions and what's in it for you as far as, um, well, pay and benefits mainly. That's what you don't wanna ask about. Uh, what you do wanna ask about 
uh, there's sort of a hierarchy of it. You want to ask some questions about the company as a whole and where it's going. So it might be questions like, uh, uh, how has the company, uh, what's been the company's strategy to cope with COVID-19 and the economy these days? Um, maybe don't make that your very first question because that one's kind of heavy. Start out with something like, uh, where do you see the company going over the next few years? What, is the what are the company's goals for the coming year? Um, and then move on to some questions about the department and the manager. So questions about the manager might be something like, um, how did you end up working here and why do you stay? What do you like about it? Uh, another question about them might be, what would be, can you describe the ideal working relationship you could have with the person coming into this role? What, it what would it look like? Things yeah, like I have a little sound in my ear that says we're this we're going to have to finish up fairly quickly. And oh. I want to have you to the question I really want to ask you is tell us a little bit more about how we can reach you and how our listeners can connect with you. Yes. So a great way to to reach me and connect with me is go to my website, greatjobsooner.com. And that is not only my blog where you can find a lot more nice information about interviewing and whatnot. Um, but that is also, there is a, um, a contact me button and there's also a work with Thea tab where you can find out much more about how I work with people in not only interview coaching one-on-one, -on -one, but also advising people on their resumes, their cover letters, their LinkedIn profiles, and your overall job search strategy. There are a lot of tips and techniques to that that can set you aside, set you apart from the average job seeker and give you advantages. So um, do go to Great Job Sooner and get in touch with me by clicking the contact button and maybe subscribe to and get those free gifts I've been mentioning. And I'm going to put a plug in for um, Thea's book. I just finished reading it and it is spectacular. It Thank is you. all there in one space and a really easy, wonderful read. Thea, I want to thank you. I hope you'll come back because we had so many more questions we wanted to ask and we just had such a great time. We we, we ran out of time, literally. I would love to. Okay. Yeah. For, um, yeah. for our listeners who are listening on iTunes, Spotify, or another platform, give us, send us some feedback. Career Central is all about helping you reach your career goals. And we don't know what, what you want to know unless let you tell us. Next week, our guest is James Hugh, the CEO of JobScan. Several weeks ago, our, our guest and resume writer, Marie Plett, shared how she used JobScan to assure her clients' resumes would not be stopped by an applicant tracking system. So we have gotten the CEO of the largest company that does that to come on and talk all about how to get your resume past that applicant tracking system. I'll remember that, um, well, actually, we didn't put um, Thea up. We're going to have a, a, a minute. What is the five-second challenge for our clients? Yeah, the five-second challenge is start brainstorming a list of what your key selling points might be. And after you have brainstormed a bunch of them, then um, get that free report on how to stand out in your interviews. And you'll see a lot of questions you can ask yourself to further develop that list and then to um, check it all out for whether it revs, whether it's relevant, exceptional, and verifiable. And then you'll right. have a really good understanding of what you have to offer and how you can stand out. So rev up for those interviews. Right. And until next, our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. 
thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.